Lord, we do pray you speak to us through your word, and we'd be more like Jesus because we've been here and we've listened to what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there was this guy. Actually, he was a little boy, and he came home from Sunday school, and his mother asked him, what did you learn in Sunday school today? He said, well, we learned about the story of Lot's wife. And mom said, well, what did you learn about Lot's wife? He said, well, what we learned was that she was a pillar of salt by day, but a ball of fire by night. I don't think he got that right. Sometimes there's confusion about some Bible stories. When there, another one this, uh, came home and Sunday school teacher had asked him when he was in Sunday school, Johnny, do you think Noah did a lot of fishing when he was on the ark? And he replied, no, he couldn't have. He only had two worms. Well, because there's so much confusion sometimes about what the Bible really says, it's good for us, all of us, to become self-feeders of the Word of God. It's important that we are taught by pastors and teachers and good books and so forth, but if that's our only spiritual diet, I propose to you is that's not a healthy diet. All that should be supplemental to us getting into the word on our own. We need to be those who can go to the word on our own and feed ourselves from the word. So we need to know how to do that, how to be self-feeders. Starting next Sunday, we're starting a series entitled Food for the Soul. And really, it's a series on how to learn to be a self-feeder, how to learn how to study the Bible on your own, interpret it, and be able to apply it to your life. And so what I want to do this Sunday and next Sunday is answer the question, why? Why should you be motivated to do that? Why should you learn to study the Bible? Why is it important that you become a self-feeder from the Word of God? And actually, I'm going to give you 14 reasons why. I'm going to give you seven reasons why this morning. I'm going to give you seven more reasons why next week, why you should become a self-feeder. So let's launch into that. Reason number one, why you should learn how to study the Bible and feed yourself spiritually, reason number one is because the Word of God gives life. The Word of God, it gives life. Do you know that the Word of God actually created the universe? Listen to what it says in Psalm 33, verse 6. It says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. So when there was nothing, God spoke, and then there was everything. The word of God has the power to make something out of nothing. But also, the word of God has the power to make things that are not alive, alive. We read about the power of God's word to make things that are not alive, alive in this famous passage in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, I want to start reading in verse 1. Let's listen to it. The prophet Ezekiel, of course, is speaking here, and he says this, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. 
dry bones. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. And I'll put sinews, which are tendons, on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you that you may come alive. And you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come forth from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. So the word of God can breathe life into the dead and make them alive. That's how powerful the word of God is. Now, some of you have been uh, believers for a long time. And in all honesty, I'm not asking for a show of hands, but you would probably confess that you have grown kind of dry. You would confess that there's some spiritual, maybe even some spiritual deadness in you right now. And one of the ways spiritual deadness or dryness shows itself is that there's no desire to draw near to God. You have no real desire to draw near and worship. You have no aspiration to learn his word and grow. You have no real interest in serving. You hear about these service opportunities, but you don't have any interest in any of them. All those things are indication that there's some spiritual dryness and even deadness in you. And what you need and what all of us need is God just to breathe life into us. And he does that through his word. And I want to just, I want to guarantee you something, no matter how you feel right now, emotionally or spiritually, if you'll get involved in this series that starts next week and it goes six weeks, if you'll be involved, I'm saying like not for the next seven, seven weeks starting today, if you'll say, I'm going to be, give myself to this, no matter really what kind of shape you're in, if you'll do that and do all the assignments and be part of a small group, the word of God is going to breathe new life into you. It'll happen. It's that powerful. So I urge you to be part of this series. So why study the Bible? Because it can bring life to you. We all need that. That's that's reason number one. Reason number two, why we should all become self-feeders and learn how to study the Bible. Number one is it gives life. Number two, it saves the lost. New life, being born again, comes from the word of God. 1 Peter 1.23 tells us this says, you've been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. So how does new life come to somebody spiritually? How is somebody born again? It happens through God's word, through the gospel. See, in Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, it is the gospel is the power of God for salvation, to everyone who believes. 
So God gives life to those who are dead in their trespasses and sins, not because we're great speakers or we can answer, you know, make a great presentation, but because the word of God, the gospel has power itself. It has power. So many times I hear people say, you know, I just live out the gospel. I don't speak it. And I want to tell you that they need to hear it because the word of the gospel, the word of God has power. After becoming a follower of Christ as a college student, I was sharing the gospel on my college campus, and I was in uh, the university center, and there was people eating lunch, and I saw one man sitting by himself. He was obviously not a college student. <clears throat> he was much older. I figured he's probably a professor, but I went up and sat down with him and said, uh, has anyone ever shown you from the Bible how you can know whether or not you're going to heaven? That was my opening, right to it. And he said, no, why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and tell me? But he kind of leaned back and had a little bit of a smirk on his mouth like he's going to have some fun with me. And, uh, but I, I didn't know a lot of answers to a lot of questions. I just knew the gospel. So I went through the gospel with him, and he kind of just kept shaking, his, you know, nodding his head like he was getting it, smiling at me. And I, I ended the whole presentation, and I just asked the question, would you like to pray to receive Christ into your life as the Savior and Lord of your life? And I thought, I thought he was going to toy with me and throw some questions at me I couldn't answer or humiliate me in some way. But after I asked that question, he just leaned forward and said, as a matter of fact, I would. Now, that's just the power of the gospel. The gospel itself has power. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel is very simple. I'll give it to you in four points in about 20 seconds. First point is that God is the creator of all. He made us to love us. But in order for us to love him back, we have to choose to do that. But we have chose to go our own way. And that is, leads us to the second point. Sin has separated us from a holy God. But God so loves us that number three, he sent a savior, a redeemer, his own son, Jesus Christ. He comes for us and goes to a cross, dies on the cross for our sins, takes all of our judgment upon himself. And number four, everyone who repents and believes in him will be saved. Very simple. It's not complicated. And it has the power, those who hear that, that has the power to save you by simply repenting and believing in Jesus as your Savior and Lord. There's power. And even as I shared that little simple presentation that Jesus can be your Savior and Lord of your life, some of you in this room and some of you online, your heart's doing this right now. Because... Right now, you know that you've not yet made that decision, but you're drawn to it. You feel the conviction of the Spirit, and you're being drawn to it. And all you got to do is just say to him, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. Just say it to him. It's real simple. Say it to him. So why should we become those who regularly intake the Word of God? Well, number one, it gives life. Number two, it saves the lost. Number three, it grows the saved. It grows the saved. First Peter 2.2 says, Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. There is no growth, spiritual growth, apart from the word of God. You cannot grow spiritually without a regular intake of the word of God. Just like a newborn baby cannot grow without a regular intake of milk, Neither can we as Christians grow without a regular intake of the word of God. 
See, the Bible is truly food for the soul, which is why we named this series we're starting, Food for the Soul, because that's what the Bible really is. The Word of God is food for our souls. See, Jesus said this in Matthew 4, 4. He said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, you have a spirit man in you. If and the women here have a spirit woman in them. Okay? And if you don't feed your spirit man, he will shrivel up and become weak. And if you don't feed him for a long time, the word of God, he will spiritually die. Just like physically, if I don't take food in physically, I'm going to become physically weak. And if I don't take food in for a long time, I will die. If you don't feed your spirit man the word of God on a regular basis, your spirit man or spirit woman is going to become weak. And when you need him or her to be strong, it's not going to happen. And if you don't feed him for a long time, then he's going to die. See, if you want to grow spiritually, you must have a regular intake of the word of God. But it's even more urgent than that. If you don't want to shrivel up and have be so weak and so ineffective that you can't handle the challenges that are coming, then you must have a regular intake of the word of God. So why study the Bible? Number one, it gives life. Number two, it saves the lost. Number three, it grows the saved. All right. Number four, it protects against sin. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. So as I take the word of God in, it protects me from sin. Let me give you an example of that. When I grew up as a, in elementary school and junior high school and even on in high school, I had a tremendous problem with anxiety. I mean, I, I, was not, I couldn't even function at times as a child because I was at such an issue with anxiety. When I became a follower of Christ, I knew that I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I wanted to figure out how that really worked. How could I overcome anxiety? And I began to meditate on the Word of God. And I'll give you one example, Psalm 23. Many of you are familiar with that psalm? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let's start there. I would meditate on that. The Lord, the one who created the heavens and the earth. The Lord who can do all things. The Lord is right now, is my personal, personal shepherd. He's shepherding me right now. He's all around me. He's taking care of me. Therefore, I shall not want. I shall not lack. Whatever I need, when I need it, I'll get it. That's just one part of that passage. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on right paths for the good of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, the more I take in these promises of God, the more I am protected from that sin of anxiety. And it loses its power over me. And it's lost its power over me. See, so there's tremendous power in the word of God. As we take the word of God in, it protects us from all kinds of different sins. 
All right? So why should I learn to study the Bible? Number one, it gives life. Number two, it saves the lost. Number three, it grows the saved. Number four, it protects against sin. All right? Number five, it protects against the devil. See, in order for you to be able to resist the devil and stand against his assaults on your life, you will need to have faith. Where does that faith come from? Well, the Apostle Paul, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Romans 10, verse 17, tells us where that faith comes from. It says this, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. So faith comes from what? Faith comes from the word of God. And faith helps us in our battle with Satan. I mean, how do we, how do we counteract Satan's temptations, Satan's accusations, you know, Satan's condemnation? How do we counteract all that? Well, Ephesians chapter 6, listen to this, verse 16 and 17 says, it, talking about spiritual warfare, says, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So all of his temptations, the shield of faith, all of his accusations, all of his condemnation, the shield of faith, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So Satan throws these flaming arrows at you, and, he, and as he throws them at you, how do you counteract those arrows with a shield of faith? How do I get that faith? From a regular intake of the word of God, that's how. When we're under attack, we respond with the word of God. That's one of the reasons why we need to have an intake of the word of God and memorize it so we have it to be able to defend ourselves against the, Satan and all of his minions, demons, attacks. Now, Jesus actually models that for us. In the temptation in the wilderness for 40 days, Satan comes out in the wilderness to tempt Jesus, try to get him to sin. Satan's goal was to disqualify him. If he sins, he couldn't be the Savior. He couldn't be the Messiah. So Satan tempts Jesus in three, the three main ways of temptation, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, boastful pride of life. And Jesus responds to each temptation How? He says, he starts off with each response. Jesus says, it is written. Next temptation, it is written. Next temptation, it is written. Shield of faith. Each time, that's how he responds. He models it for us. You know, some of you are, are, are regularly being tormented when you don't need to be tormented by the devil, his lies, his accusation, his lies oftentimes come disguised as your own thoughts. And he's trying to put you under condemnation or accusation or temptation or deception. And you're being tormented. How do you handle that? You handle it by the shield of faith. Those all those flaming arrows. I tell you what, I could probably summarize in, in, in 44 years of, of ministry that I could summarize 80% of the counseling I've done over 44 years and trying to get people to do these three things. Number one, slow down your thinking. So you, your thoughts are racing. Slow it down. Slow down your thinking. What is it you're worried about, anxious about? What is it? Slow down your thinking. Number two, challenge mistaken beliefs. You're all, you know, out of sorts because you're believing a lie right now. 
What is this mistaken belief that's causing you anguish? You're not going to be able to know that mistaken belief if you don't know the word. And number three, speak the truth to yourself. But you can't speak the truth to yourself if you don't know the truth. That's why we have to have a regular intake of the word of God. Let me give you another example. Again, I want you just to imagine a businessman who is in a church somewhere in our country today, and this week he's had a moral failure. But he's repented, and he's, and he's, and he's confessed it. And, but yet he's in church now, and there's opportunity for him to be involved in a Bible study, but he doesn't feel worthy because of his failure. And there's an opportunity to serve in a ministry, but he doesn't feel worthy. In fact, the devil's whispering to him, how could you do that? Look what you did. You can't sign up for that. You're not worthy. And he believes the lie. Now, what he needs is he needs to know how to take up the shield of faith. And he needs to take up the shield of faith. And all of a sudden, here it is. Here comes the accusation. You're not worthy to serve. Here comes the shield of faith. First John 1 John 1.9, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. <laughs> Isaiah 43.25, God says, I, even I, forgive all your transgressions and do not remember your sins anymore. <laughs> God forgives and forgets. So I'm not under condemnation. Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. See, we, we have to know the scriptures to be able to take up the shield of faith and be able to take, on, take the on assaults of the devil that are coming against us. So while I learn to study the Bible, number one, it gives life. Number two, it saves the lost. Number three, it grows the save. Number four, it protects against sin. Number five, protects against the devil. Number six, it cleanses the sinner. John 15, 3, Jesus says to his disciples, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. John 17, 17, Jesus is praying to the Father in heaven, and he says this of his disciples as he's praying to his Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Let me give you just an example of how the Word of God cleanses us. Psalm 19.9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is clean. When I walk in the fear of the Lord, I walk in the realization that I'm going to have to give an account for my life. That's the fear of the Lord. And that's clean. That makes me want to avoid sins of omission and sins of commission. It really is a cleaning, a cleansing factor, the fear of the Lord. So how do I get the fear of the Lord? Well, the reality of the future for every Christian is each one of us as Christians will stand before with something called the judgment seat of Christ. Now, we will not stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for our sins. Why? Because Christ bore our sins already on the cross and he bore our judgment. So we won't come into judgment for our sins because Christ bore that judgment. The judgment seat of Christ is not a judgment for sin. It's a judgment for rewards for the Christian. It is, a, it is a time of commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. Rewards, crowns, future assignments given in the kingdom to come based on how you served him now. 
Well, knowing about that moment, that you will all stand before Christ by yourself on that day, that is motivating for me to avoid sins of omission and commission. And that is the fear of the Lord that makes, that is clean. It's cleansing. Let's just read the passage. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 10 and 11 says, For we must all appear, talking to Christians here, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he's done, whether good or bad. Therefore, since we know that is true, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing the fear of the Lord is causing, Paul says, is causing him to make sure he tells people about Christ. I mean, knowing that that moment is coming, the fear of the Lord is clean. It wants to cause us to want to avoid sins of omission and commission. And where does that all come from? From the word of God, that truth, that revelation from the word. So why study the Bible? It gives life. It saves the lost. It grows the saved. It protects us from sin, protects us from the devil, cleanses the sinner. And number seven, next week I'll give you seven more. Number seven today is it makes us successful and prosperous. And everyone wants to be successful and prosperous. So how do you get that in your life? Well, the Bible tells us how. Psalm 1, verse 2 and 3, talking about the blessed man, says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, whatever he does, he prospers. Wow. What a motivation to get the word of God in your life. Meditate on it, know it, and then do it. Joshua 1.8. Joshua is now new, new, new commander in chief of the army of Israel after Moses is gone. God says this to Joshua right off the bat. says this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. You know, the Greek translation for the word meditate is actually the same Greek word used as translated worry. Because when we worry about something, what do we do? It's like a broken record. We go back over and over. That concern, we're so concerned, we keep thinking about our concerns. And that word is used about what we should do with the word of God. Go back over it and over it. Think about it. Think about it. Over, chew on it. Chew on it. Drink from it. And the result of that is you will become prosperous and successful in whatever you do. That's the key way to position ourselves for prosperity and success. Let me point out one more thing here before I get ready to close here. And that is I want you, I want you to see a parallel between two passages. First look at Colossians 3.16 says this, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So let the word of Christ richly dwell in you. The result of that will be wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. All right, now that passage in your mind, let's look at another one. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. That's too much. But be filled with the Spirit, 
speaking to one another, does this sound familiar? In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. The truth is, the result of the Spirit-filled life is the same thing as the result of the Word-filled life. Why? Because the Word-filled life and the Spirit-filled life go together. So if you want to be led by the Spirit of God, you need to be led by the Word of God. They go together. So why should I learn the Bible? Why should I learn to be a self-feeder? Why should I study the Bible? It gives life. It saves the lost, grows the saved, protects against sin, protects against the devil, cleanses the sinner. It will make you prosperous and successful. Now, who doesn't want all that? So next week, we're starting this series, and we want everyone to be involved. Food for the soul. And there's some ways that you can do that this morning. You can start to sign up. First of all, we already heard the announcement. You can go to gracearlington.com forward slash food for the soul, and you can sign up as a host or as a participant. And I want you to know, I believe everyone in this room could be a host. Not asking you to be a leader, not asking you to be a teacher, just a host. A host that you invite some friends and neighbors, co-workers, classmates over to your apartment, your house. You put in a 12-minute DVD, our staff have done, or you, do, or you stream it online. We have, we have the study books that you pick up on your way out, and you have a discussion about it for a one-hour meeting for just six weeks. And everybody can do it. So I encourage, we do need more hosts, so please consider being a host. And also sign up if, if, to be in a group. Today, there's, there's information both in the foyer and also crossover at Grace Cafe. And so we'll encourage you to do it. This is going to be an awesome series. We want everybody involved. And I encourage you to take part in the small groups and do all the assignments. There's going to be assignments during the week, and you will get the most out of it. Now, before we're uh, dismissed in prayer, I do want to say a couple things. Number one is, and after we're dismissed, go across to Grace Cafe and eat lunch and hang out. You'd be glad you did. It's an awesome time together. But also, if you have a prayer need, as we dismiss, there will be some leaders up here who be glad to pray for you. So t- please take advantage of that. And let's all stand for prayer. Before I close, one more thing is over here, this welcome corner. is uh, I will be over there. I'd love to meet you. If this is your first time, please stop by and just say hi, and we're going to give you a, a free uh, ticket to Grace Cafe as well. Let's pray. Father, we just want to say we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. And we pray, Lord, all of us would become those who now know how to feed ourselves better from it and more faithfully and be able to get the strength that comes from it. So, Lord, would you cause uh, this uh, series to be successful, all of us to really be blessed by it? And would you use us this week, Lord, to be light that shatters the darkness everywhere we go? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Grace Cafe. Have a great week.